I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour, Clay and Buck starts right now, everybody. This is Buck rocking at solo today. Clay on vacation, back next week. Uh, but he is having a, in his own words, a phenomenal time, and he loves it over there. Italy's great. Great food, great people, beautiful country. So much to recommend it. So... This country's got a lot of things to recommend it to. Unfortunately, the current administration, I don't think, is on that list. People that uh, are impressing anybody else anywhere else in the world. Uh, we have Joe Biden, as you know, trying to prevent bank failure from breaking out right now. Um, here is the uh, former FDIC chairman who is out there warning everybody look this is this is going to get worse <laughs> this is this is going to get bad with this bank failure stuff play clip 10 i do think there are probably going to be more failures along the way the problem we have is the same one we had back in the 1970s when the government was out of control with its fiscal policies its monetary policies inflation set in and and banks were just not ready for that or prepared for that and we wound up losing some 5,000 banks and thrifts during that, that period. We won't lose anywhere near that number this time because we don't have that many. We, we lost so many. We only have about 4,500 banks today. And it's also not just a U.S. problem, as you, as you see today with, with uh, Credit Suisse. Um, it, this is worldwide. It's global. Every, everybody's been out of control lately. Again, I say this with, with full... Uh, respect for the fact that I'm I'm not an economist. I don't work in finance. I don't work in banking. Um, but I do know a lot of people who do, including members of my own family. And I can see how things are going and how a narrative is being constructed one way or the other. If you were trying to come up with how do and I've asked this question before, what is there to look for 
that would happen that would send us into a really brutal, grinding economic recession. A massive global banking crisis would be high on the list, right? There are some other things that could pop up. You know, you have a massive oil shock, let's say, energy prices skyrocketing because, you know, this was a big discussion years ago, the the Straits of Hormuz, for example, and, you know, 20 to 30 percent of the world's energy going through this in Iran could use that as an energy choke choke point. You know, stuff like that. Sure, that could all create major uh, economic decline. But if you're looking for something that's realistic and and uh, and foreseeable at some level, a massive problem for the banks would have to be one of the top things that you would say, okay, well, now we've got a real issue because they are really the foundation of our global financial system, right? Banks stop lending, businesses stop functioning. Businesses stop function, functioning, producers stop being able to make, you know, make the money for their products, you know, everything from agricultural to finished goods to manufactured goods to, I mean, everything, commodities prices are affected. So you see there's the cascading effect. And now you have to ask yourself, what is more likely that banks are now trying to do everything they can to keep the, you know, keep it close hold that they maybe got overextended on the wrong side of these interest rate hikes or or that we've all we've seen everything so far we've seen all okay silicon valley bank and it was woke and doing some really risky stuff and all that but that's as bad as it's going to get you think so well here here's where i have to also put this out there are we going to have another interest rate hike right so we we know that inflation is just chipping away every day at the money in your bank account and making everything you buy more expensive. That is our reality. It is a massive tax on everybody, but a, a, a tax that is the most regressive possible in so many ways because it is raising the prices of the goods and services that you need to live, right? It's not, it's not like, Oh gosh, you know, the price of a Maserati is going up. What am I going to do? Right? This is, this is milk, butter, eggs, rent, gas. And so. These economic realities we face are as follows. They can either raise the interest rate, which will almost certainly, I mean, now, now think about the problem we've seen with the banks up to this point. They've bought all these long-term treasuries. And, and I know this, this gets, and I find this fascinating. I love learning about stuff. One of the reasons I love this job so much is that I have a, I mean, an excuse in a sense, but I, I have a justification for all the the books I've got dog-eared and thrown all over my uh, my bedroom and and in my my study and in my radio studio, to learn as much new stuff to bring as much good information to you as possible, and learning more and more about this banking crisis is is fascinating, um, and it's also I think really instructive for a lot of us about the weak seams in our financial system and people the the Ron Paulites out there are all saying I told you so. They're all saying it, and they're right. And the, and the end, the Fed people are all saying it, and they're looking more and more right. But if you buy 10-year Treasury bonds, um, and then you have a liquidity issue in the meantime, and the rates go up against the bonds that you've bought in the bank, and you have to sell them before you intended to or wanted to, 
sell at a loss, essentially, right? Because the 10-year Treasury bond is a liquid instrument that you can sell at any point before it reaches maturity. But if you need the cash now, you're selling. Oh, it's almost like selling a stock at a loss. If you have a stock that was guaranteed to be $100 in 10 years, but you need cash now, and right now it's trading at $70, uh, you're, you're out there, you know, if you, if you paid a, a hundred for it, which is how a bond works, but you know, if you're, if you paid more than you're selling it for, you're taking a loss. That's the problem these banks face. If they raise interest rates, it could do this again. You could have another round of this. And now how do the banks handle this? Right. What are they going to do? Cause nobody wants to be the bank that's like, Hey guys, um, if you raise interest rates, uh, we're going to go under two, but. By the same token, what do you do about inflation? This is because they have created these distortions. Policy and politics have been driving monetary decision-making, and finally the bill has come due, and we don't have any good options right now. They're, we're just sort of hoping. We're just hoping it's not going to be that bad. It's like we're waiting for the storm to hit, you know, the, the tracker is showing a nasty storm on the way, the you know, weather tracker, and we're just like, well, maybe it won't be that bad. Uh, good luck with that one. And then you've, of course, got the leadership right now of the Biden administration. Kamala Harris, by the way, here saying uh, on just the very straightforward issue of is Joe Biden going to be running for president again? Still this kind of non-committed, uh, non-committal, you know, kind of sort of maybe play six. As our Joe Biden has said, he intends to run. And if he does, I will be running with him. If he does. It's March of 2023. Right. I mean, we're in a, in a year. It's Super Tuesday, my friends. Right. Like, what, what are we even talking about here? If he runs, this is his vice president. Now, I still think he is going to run, but I do think it's interesting that the Democrats are hoping to keep this. They want to keep the focus off Biden right now as much as possible and make it seem like his appointees and the experts in the banking system are the ones who have this issue fully in hand. Um, but they really don't. And they're going to have to make a choice. And, and I'm not even sure how they think this is going to go. Um, they're either going to raise interest rates, as I said. You know, they're going to hike interest rates, um, and and that means you're going to almost certainly push the U.S. into a recession. And you're going to have banks that are going to fail, and you're going to have more problems. Or you're just going to let inflation continue to go up and up and up. And the problem with inflation is the longer it goes on, the harder it is to bring it down. So... You only got six, uh, what is this now? Uh, five, I'm sorry, five days before Federal Reserve policymakers are going to sit down in Washington and decide what interest rates are going to be. And, uh, they have no, this is where you, you got to keep in mind, they have no good options. They are choosing between bad decisions in terms of the risks. Um, so, it was just a week ago Powell was saying the central bank might accelerate its interest rate hikes because of inflation, but now we've got the bank crisis. So now what are they going to do? 
So maybe they do a little bit of a small, a small hike, but this affects, like I say, this affects all of us, all of the people listening to this right now, all of us across the country. And they, they keep acting like if we just calibrate this properly, if we just hit that special, that, that sweet spot of just raising enough, they're, you know, they're throwing number, they're throwing darts at a board here at some level. They don't really know. And we know that they can't know what's on the balance sheets of all these banks. So maybe Silicon Valley was, well, obviously there have been other banks too, but maybe it was the worst offender, but there are going to be other banks that might come under a whole lot of pressure here too. That could be a major problem. And I think that uh, what you're going to see is a a recession on the horizon here. People have been saying we're already in recession, but really what, what they've done is stretch out the pain so much that we are all the proverbial frog in the pot of boiling water, right? Inflation's going up and up and up and up and up, and they try to bring it down a little bit, and they just, they don't want people to realize, oh my gosh, that whole send everybody home and spend trillions of dollars thing that we did. And then on top of that, now I will say, there's a pretty strong argument to be made, and, and I'm hearing some economists making it, uh, that we were able to handle that pretty well under the circumstances. And then Biden comes into office and just decides, oh, man, you mean the house hasn't burned down? Let's throw some gasoline on it. Let's let's go after this with the one point nine trillion and then the additional spending beyond that. I mean, the stuff that they did was essentially modern monetary. It was it was a Bernie Sanders budgetary moves that Biden was pulling. And the Democrats were spending. And uh, they wanted to do even more. So this is why we're heading into a a precarious phase. And I would just say the one thing that Democrats have to know in their back of their minds is that a plunging us into a recession in the election year is going to make it, no matter how much they lie, cheat, and steal at the ballot box, plunging us into a recession is going to make it really hard for any Democrat to win. So they're they're stuck. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. They they have no good options, and they're trying to just sort of shield Biden from the blowback of I think what we can all see coming. Um, because if this isn't, if this is not the moment before the plunge, what is? What is? I mean, I, I real I ask that in all earnestness. Like, if we're not about to hit the rough times now, given all the factors involved. I guess we're just never going to go into a recession. Is that really what we're supposed to believe? Look, you got to give cyber thieves credit for originality. They invent one scam after another in their attempt to get your online information. The latest wave on their part is to pretend to be IRS agents texting you or sending you emails looking to confirm your bank account or your Social Security info. By the way, I've gotten texts like this. Okay, so this is happening all the time. If you know anything about the IRS, by the way, they don't text. They don't email. They don't call. They write letters delivered by the post office. It's important to remember that. But cyber thieves know that if they get the info that they need to reach out to you directly, and then they can steal more info from you by pretending to be the IRS with text message, anything else, oh, man, they can do identity theft, and then you're in for it. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Protecting your online identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock is best at detecting evidence that your info is in the wrong hands, being used without your permission. And if you do become a victim of identity theft, LifeLock will assign a U.S.-based restoration specialist to work with you to fix the problem. 
No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Sign up today. Save 25% off your first year with my promo code BUCK at LifeLock.com. Or you can call them if that's easier. Use my name at 1-800-LIFELOCK. Say promo code BUCK when you talk to them. 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Type in promo code BUCK at checkout for 25% off. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. 
Oh, the Fouch is still out there arguing that, you know, he did everything right, pretty much. Except the problem is he was wrong on everything. So how do you argue that you were right on the stuff when you were wrong on the stuff that at the time you said you were certain of? You didn't say, I think, little Fouch. You said, I know. When you say, I know, and you don't, you are lying. But here's how he explains it on Morning Joe. Here is Fauci talking about being wrong all the time, but actually being right. The big surprise of all, when we expected that it would go up and then go back down and then sort of disappear and go into the background, we wound up having variant after variant and surge after surge right up to what we're having right now, which are sublineages of the Omicron surge, which started well over a year ago. So this has been really a moving target. And that's the reason why we've had a many times change some of the things that we said and recommended people saying right. that's flip-flopping but it isn't it's learning as you go along and making your recommendations according to the new data right. as it evolves it's a learning as you go did he say anything about learning as they go really you know this is a something of a revelation from fauci isn't it was there ever a point in the two plus years and folks, this is still an issue because you still got people wearing masks. You still have medical centers all over the country, even here in Miami, making you wear masks. This is not gone. This is still a reality around us. But they said over and over and over again, we know, and they simply did not, and they were lying to you. That That's what comes across here. You don't get to say, I am certain the science is settled. Many, many times on different things. And actually, it turns out the science was not settled. You were wrong on all of those points and say, you know, we were just figuring it out as we went. Because that's what we were saying at the time. You guys don't know. There will be more data. Don't mandate this stuff. There's no evidentiary basis for it. And they were saying, shut up. We've got it. We know what we're doing here. The science that Fauci exemplifies that he embodies the he's the personification of science apparently that's what he told us you know it that's what he told us and and for a lot of democrats you might wonder why do they still put this guy on tv why do they still want to hear from him it's because somewhere in the backs of their minds the you know almond soy milk frappuccino morning joe crowd knows they were wrong <laughs> they know that they were they were uh on the wrong side of this one my friends the tunnel to towers foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices america's heroes have made for us heroes like u.s air force senior master sergeant israel del toro jr he promised his father he'd take care of his family and promised his son he'd return home to watch him grow up when his Humvee exploded in Afghanistan, he suffered severe burns over more than 80% of his body. With only a 15% chance of survival, Del Toro focused on the promises he made. Later, he became the first fully disabled airman permitted to re-enlist and a gold medal winner in the Invictus Games. Now he shares his story to help others. Thanks to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and your generosity, Del Toro received a mortgage-free smart home. The home has a myriad of features to help him live his life more independently. 
help heroes like Del Toro when they need it most. Join me in donating $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. So what's going to happen in 2024? We don't know. It's very early. Nobody knows. But interesting dynamics to see right now that will be playing out for uh, for many months. CNN, what is, you know, we, we've uh, we've asked the, the question, um, you know, how does the left define, say, a woman or, you know, what is a citizen? There are a lot of questions. But what is CNN? What is CNN? Is it is it still going for the whole news network thing? I don't know. But uh, it exists. That's for sure. It's still a thing out there. And CNN has a, a has some polling that I wanted to share with you. I thought this was interesting. We'll talk about how this is perhaps reflecting our political realities right now. But it shows DeSantis versus Biden, Biden versus Trump, play 17. There's this new poll from Quinnipiac University, and it's not about the base, but it is a, an argument in favor of DeSantis if you're a DeSantis campaign person. Mm-hmm. It's with independent voters. In a head-to-head matchup, 49% of independents favored DeSantis over Biden, Biden 45. Mm-hmm. But then you have a Biden-Trump matchup, and 50% of independents go to Biden versus 42% for Trump. Obviously, it's way early, and DeSantis yeah. hasn't even announced a candidacy, although yeah. that hasn't stopped Congressman Chip Roy from endorsing him. (laughs) This is a strong argument for DeSantis. So here's what we see. Independent voters are going to largely determine the 2024 presidency. That's just a, a fact. Now, the primary has to come first. And the primary is where I think Donald Trump clearly, and I've seen polling that that supports this, Donald Trump is at his strongest. Because Trump's support within the Republican base is unlike anything that we've certainly ever seen for any Republican politician in my lifetime. I mean, maybe technically Reagan, I was alive when Reagan was in office, so, uh, but I was a kid. I don't really remember it. So Trump has a huge momentum, I think, behind him with uh, the primary. But on the independent side of things, and it matters. I know we don't think about it a lot, especially going to a primary, but it matters. On the independent side of things, what is the Trump plan to win over independence? That's what I'm getting at. I'm not suggesting that, you know, even CNN there was saying that, look, it's super early. I'm not suggesting that this really means anything. I think it's just more of an interesting piece of analysis that needs to be done on. We often are we're, we're so focused on Trump in the primary that there also needs to be a discussion of Trump winning independent voters. How is he? And, and this is what I, the, the people that I, that I know, and we had some reach out yesterday. The people who I, I know are already decided in favor of Trump in the primary. Now they know they can count on other Republicans to vote along with Trump. I mean, I think that's pretty pretty clear there's always we're talking in very broad strokes here but but how do they think if independence and by the numbers by registration and recent electoral history independence are going to be essential to 2024 if independence are going to be essential what is the trump plan to win them over i've heard some interesting policies recently about sort of pro 
family growth policies and things like this. You know, what is Trump going to present to independents that will be compelling? Because that's a problem for him right now. That's a challenge. I also think that what we're seeing with the possible economic, look, the market just had a little bit of a rally today. May, you know, maybe the banks somehow, and we just sort of keep stumbling along. That's possible too. Um, but if we go into rough economic times, then I think it, it benefits Trump considerably because his background as a businessman and also as a president who put COVID aside, which is a pandemic that, you know, shut down the world basically. Um, when Trump was president, the economy was roaring. That is just what happened. So maybe that then becomes the pitch. Maybe that becomes the way that Trump is able to start to break through with, with independent voters. But I haven't seen anything yet. Now, I'm sure the Trump team would say, if asked, uh, something along the lines of, well, we're not focused on that. We're focused on winning the primary. And that's all fine. But I'm just focused on saving the country, right? We're focused on this place known as America and what's best for us going forward. And that means defeating the Democrats full stop in 2024. That means not allowing Joe Biden eight years as president. Eight years of Biden as president? You know, sometimes I think about this and I just, what has happened to this once great land of ours? Like Joe Biden? He's going to be 84 years old at the end of his second term. Maybe even older than that. This guy's checked me. Is it going to be 85 or 86? I mean, he's going to be way up there for a president. And yet they have changed the structure of the Democrat primary. I think it's they're going to. I, there might be some steps they still have to take here. But here is Representative Jim Clyburn, who is saying, yeah, of course, moving the first Democrat primary to South Carolina changing around the primary schedule this was the democrat machine the dnc machinery moving in such a way that is to joe biden's benefit play 18 making sure south carolina goes first congressman was indeed a political choice on the part of the president and his team to make sure he does not run into any lbj problems right oh my goodness you mean there's a political choice being made <laughs> in the political process? Come on, man. I know. I Absolutely. Got... Absolutely. Yeah, we all know this, right? But it's just going to show you that's what we, we know that, you know, you, sometimes you have to look at some of these factors that uh, there's no explanation for other than somebody's running. I said this before. I know some of you think I'm maybe a little a little crazy on this, but as soon as I saw DeSantis the most recently, and saw that this guy had gotten in really good physical shape, meaning he had lost, because you know he was a he was kind of a cuddly dad looking guy. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not casting aspersions or throwing stones here, but you know, heavy heavy D was a little heavier. You know, Ron DeSantis was a little was a little bigger. As soon as he dropped all this weight, I'm like, oh, this guy's running for president, obviously. And there were a lot of other reasons to believe it, too. But for me, that was just the, that was it. Like, as soon as I saw that, okay, so there's no question. They've moved the Democrat primary to benefit Joe Biden. So there's no real discussion, I think, as to whether or not, and you know I've been very consistent on this, that the the Democrat machinery of of getting the votes out, coupled with the propaganda machinery of pretending joe biden is something that he is not 
That's how they think they stay in power. They don't have another. There is no other game plan. If there was some other game plan, we would already see what it is. At some point, maybe the other option was Kamala Harris, and she sort of takes the, you know, they pass the baton or the the pass the scepter. You know, they pass the authority on to Kamala from Joe. But I don't think that they believe, and they're they're right to believe that they would have no real shot of Kamala Harris being able to win an actual national election. So these are just some of the early dynamics for 2024. How does Trump appeal to independent voters? And I think that will matter somewhat in the primary because there's going to be an argument made by any Trump challenger, Nikki Haley, Pompeo, uh, (laughs) Bolton. I mean, he's in there too. Uh, And obviously DeSantis that that's Trump's weakness in a, in a general election now that was that is a much bigger weakness than it would have been in 2016 because of you know all the things that they're going to throw out there about Trump's record they're going to say Trump can't appeal to independence how does Trump come back at that that's something that as much as people think of it as a general election issue i think it will matter more in the primary um than maybe some anticipate because it goes to electability if you can't convince those independents, you can't get elected. So how does Trump tell the Republican faithful, as as an act of war, I can also gonna, get independence? And again, I asked the question. Uh, and, I'm not suggesting and, uh, clearly, this is rhetorical, uh, like he has not, no answer. Uh, I'm saying he's going to have to address with, uh, this. With Russia? And then with Biden, it's, yeah, this guy's running, and know that the this is the plan, even though Kamala is still doing this. Maybe, is, is that just Kamala's, when she says, if he runs, I'll run with him. Do you think she's just leaving open the possibility that there's some last-minute change that favors her? I don't know. It does strike me as a strange a strange answer from her, though. We've talked about how huge asset managers, names you know, are using your retirement funds to further their ESG agenda. In this economy, you don't need these companies playing politics with your retirement funds. You want solid investments that maximize your returns. Last year, state treasuries across the nation sent a message to stop playing politics with pensions by divesting $5 billion from some of these companies. And 25 states are suing to block this nonsense of ESG from endangering your hard-earned funds. Republicans on Capitol Hill just passed a bill blocking the Biden administration from allowing these asset managers from using your money to further their ESG agenda. While conservatives in Congress have your back, President Biden threatens to veto any bill that blocks this ESG madness. These firms have a fiduciary duty to maximize returns. They should be held accountable for playing politics with our pensions and doing it without our consent. To learn how Consumers Research is protecting all of us from these woke investment firms, go to consumersresearch.org. That's consumersresearch.org. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. 
You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX. Code CLAY. G-O-V-X-C-L-A-Y savings for those who serve got to be closing up shop here shortly on clay and buck want to remind you to please go subscribe to the clay travis and buck sexton show podcast um i have uh jedediah bila as the pod that came out today for our deep dive uh she talked about the devaluing of masculinity how feminism is causing feminism there we go is causing uh or the feminists are causing misery for women whole lot of interesting sort of cultural, social conversation with Jedediah. Um, but if you want to hear it, you got to go subscribe to Clay and Buck Podcast. Download the iHeart app. It's free. It's a fantastic app. You can listen to a whole bunch of stuff on it. But the Clay and Buck Podcast should be at the top of the list. And uh, Clay, um, I've gotten the update from him during the show. Uh, he misses all of you, but he is having a great time with his family in Italy. He sent me a photo of him with the... Uh, uh, with his wife and, and, and three boys at the Coliseum, I think. So uh, he's having a great time, loves Italy. He'll be back next week. So I'm holding the fort down here, obviously, this week. Uh, tomorrow, 
And I think, uh, is Clay back Monday, guys, or is he back Tuesday? Well, anyway, he'll be back next week for sure. And with all of that established, I would uh, very much like to get to some of your calls. Um, Thomas in Westchester, New York. I've actually spent a lot of time in Westchester. What's going on, Thomas? Hey, hey, uh, Buck. Two points. First, if the economy in two years is is doing well, uh, you, uh, you're not beating Joe Biden. You could bring back Reagan. You're not beating Joe Biden. Second, with Trump, Trump's argument is going to be on stage. Whether you love my tw- tweet or not, four years under my economy, we were doing great. We weren't in Ukraine spending $100 billion. I'm approving. I, I proved myself. The other people on stage have not. It's like playing minor league baseball. Yes, you're doing great in the minor leagues, but, but can you perform in the big leagues? And that's going to be Trump's argument. You might not love my tweets, but when I was president, we didn't have all these commotions. I'm going to tell you, I think that uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to add, thank you, Tom, for calling in from uh, from Westchester, New York. Uh, I think I think what Thomas says is, is correct. I would agree that, first of all, if if the, if you have a good economy and the incumbent president, Joe Biden, plus all the advantage he gets built in from the Democrat media and all the little propagandists running around as journalists. Uh, it's going to be very tough to beat. I'm, I'm clear on this. I, and I want everyone else to be, you know, this is, this is going to be an uphill battle for Republicans, no matter who our nominee is. Okay. It's going to be hard to win this election. Um, very hard, meaning I think the odds are actually against the Republican with the exception. This is part of what he said of, if we go into a really bad economy, that switches. It doesn't mean it's a given, but it means that I think the odds favor the Republican challenger. If if we're in a straight, if we're in a, a a nasty recession, or we go into a really bad period of stagflation, which I mentioned yesterday, continuously rising inflation, low productivity, high unemployment, and I then I think you're you're going to have people say enough enough is enough. So the economy is going to be a huge. A huge piece of this. Look, I mean, people, there's a lot of things we've said about the 2022 election already and how, how disappointing it was, how wrong the polls were and, and what a, what a mess it turned out to be for those of us who were hoping for a, a reversal of Bidenism and, and all, and all the craziness that he represents. And I would just say, uh, the economy wasn't that bad. Inflation was pretty high, but people had gotten pretty used to it at that point. Now, when I say it wasn't that bad, yeah, it's a bad economy. It wasn't what it should be. But it wasn't bad enough to crush the Democrats, obviously. <laughs> Look at what happened. So if you have a really bad economy, I think that will make a big difference. But then also what he said about uh, Trump's pitch to the voters. Uh, I, I think that's that's where Trump needs to go. Trump needs to talk policies. He needs to talk what he would do go, you know, if president again. And also what he did while president. And talk about uh, China trade. Talk about U.S. Mexico Canada agreement. Talk about you know the lowest uh, you know unemployment rate for in a whole bunch of different categories. But one thing he used to always say was lowest unemployment for the uh, Black and Hispanic uh, communities, respectively. I think ever um, in this country. I mean, there there were all these different figures that he would cite, and just also where the stock market was, home ownership. You go down the list, right? So, guys, I'm your I'm your I your A team top-tier, big-league player, and I'm the one who can get it done again. That is Trump's sweet spot for trying to get uh, 
both a primary win and an election. This stuff about Ron DeSantis, it was bad on COVID. It's, it's honestly, and, and I, you know, I say this with, with fondness for Trump. Uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's a bad look. It's, it's a, it's a little insulting to the people who hear it. It's a little insulting, you know, cause it's just not true. This like Ron DeSantis wasn't so great in Florida thing like that. Don't attack on things that aren't true. Right. Um, don't attack on things that, that are objectively false. I know it's politics and people fight dirty, but I, when I say don't do it, I mean, Trump could do whatever he wants. I think it won't be effective. He's effective when he does what Thomas was just saying a moment ago, which is talk about what he did that was great and what he can do that is great and why he's the guy, you know, more so than other candidates. That That's his pitch. This, uh, you know, getting really down into the gutter and throwing uh, throwing low blows at uh, other Republicans in the ring. It's not a, not a good look. It's not going to work. I, just, I don't think it's going to work. I mean, I, we could see. I could be wrong. Um, what do we got tomorrow, friends? Oh, uh, we have a director who will be coming on the show, or I should say a, a representative of the movie Jesus Revolution. So, Jesus Revolution, which is doing very, very well. We love content that is, well, conservative, religious, pro-Jesus, stuff like that. We'll talk about it tomorrow on the show with all the news of the day. This is Buck signing off. Shields high. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.